You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Hello, everybody, and happy Sunday. My name is Chris Lanuti. You are listening to Socks in the Basement, a White Sox simulated season presented by Cork and Carey at the park. The White Sox are 2-0, tied atop the American League Central with the Cleveland Indians early on in the season. Their opponents join the Tigers at the bottom of the standings at 0-2. We head out to Guaranteed Rate Field now, where the White Sox at 2-0 go for the series sweep to kick off the season against the Kansas City Royals. Hello, everybody. Once again, my name is Chris Lanuti, and you are listening to a White Sox simulated season from Guaranteed Rate Field, brought to you by MLB The Show 20 and Cork and Carey at the park. They even have a new guy in the lineup as Leary Garcia will take a seat, and Danny Mendick gets the start and sits at the bottom of the order. Otherwise, it's the same lineup as the last few days. Dylan Cease with the start. He will go to the bump. 14 starts last year with a 5.79 earn run average and a record of 4-7. and seven. An abridged rookie season as he came up and joined the Sox and did struggle with control issues at times. And he will try to bring about the sweep here against Kansas City. Aldoberto Mondesi takes the batter's box and we're away with a pitch inside. Ball one. This broadcast is brought to you by Quark and Carey at the park. You can go on Grubhub right now. You can get yourself some amazing dishes from Cork and Carey at the park. You could support a local business as this one is low and inside at ball two. 60 degrees, wind blowing in from left center field across to the first baseline. As that pitch is high for ball three, Alex Gordon on deck and Cease quickly having issues to start off this game. Cease sets in the pitch. Inside, taken for strike one. Cork and Carey at the park has gourmet burgers. You can get hot dogs. You can get wings. They have all kinds of sandwiches in their selections and great appetizers. Today would be a perfect day to sit back, listen to a ball game, have some Cork and Carey at the park, support them so they are there when they are able to reopen over at 33rd and Princeton and listen to this matchup between the White Sox and the Royals. Cease walks Mondesi and Alex Gordon steps in. The lefty had 266 last year with 13 home runs, 111 so far through the first two games of this very young season. As Cease is low and inside on a 98 mile an hour offering for ball one. Last two games have been fun. They've had their excitement. They've had their long balls. They've had some good pitching, either from the bullpen or Dallas Keuchel yesterday, as this one is fouled off down the first base line, one and one the count. But we're not gonna get a perfect game every time out there. And this young man, Dylan Cease, has yet to really show that on a daily basis, or I'm sorry, every five days when he takes the rubber, that he is going to be consistent. And with guys like Carlos Rodan and Michael Kopech eventually going to join this team, he has a lot to prove early on this year. As this one is inside and lifted, left field, Jimenez on his horse, dives, it goes off the glove. Mondesi holds it second though because it was shallow. Jimenez gave a great effort on this one as it was looped over Anderson's head, but it goes off his glove as he slides across the grass. He hustles up, gets it into second base, first and second now with no outs. 
And the Royals have something going here with Whit Merrifield up here in the first inning. Some fans haven't even found their seats yet. And the Royals have two on with Merrifield, who hit 302 last year with an 811 OPS and 74 RBIs, trying to get a few RBIs here early in the season. The pitch on the way. That one's outside, one and one. See, still looking to find the strike zone a little bit more consistently here early on in the game as that one is high. Two and one the count. Sox have already won the series, but you want to win every game you possibly can. And you're hoping this young man can have a good performance as he builds on a spring training that was pretty strong until it was interrupted. Two and two the count after that one is fouled off. The pitch on the way. In the dirt, three and two to count. Solaire on deck. No outs. Runners at first and second. This Royals lineup is trying to do what the White Sox did for the first two games of the series, and that is jump out early. As this one is swung on and belted deep in the left field, Jimenez on his horse. He will track it down, turn, and quickly get in the third. It was near the warning track. He was on the move, but the runners will hold, and there's one down. It was a solid hit ball. It was a strike. He did not give Cease anything. That would have been strike three if he doesn't offer at that. One out. Solaire steps in. Pitch inside. Want to know the count. Solaire was 0 for 3 yesterday with a strikeout and would certainly want to do a lot better here in game three of this series. This one is outside. Popped in the center. Can of corn for Robert. And he will hustle that in to Tim Anderson, the cutoff man. Had problems hitting the cutoff man yesterday, not this time. The runners hold at first and second. There are now two outs. And Cease trying to get out of this inning. The pitch to Hunter Dozier. Inside ball one just missed. Cease seemed to realize when guys were getting on base that he had to put it in play and let his defense help him out this inning. As that one is fouled off, one and one to count. Big plans this week on Sox in the Basement simulated season. We're going to get into that in the bottom half of the inning and tell you all about them. Got several big guests coming up. And remember, you can get the game recaps now from our friends at Sox on 35th who are covering this season. That one swung on, chopped to Mendick. He flips to Anderson at second, and the White Sox get out of the inning. So the first two reach base, but at the end of the first half of the first inning, it's nothing-nothing. Anderson's coming up. Jake Junis takes the mound for the Royals. 31 starts last year, 9-14 record with a 1.43 whip and a 5.24 earned run average. He had 164 strikeouts to only 58 walks. And the year before had shown so much promise that there were a lot of people picking him to have a breakout year in 2019. But he stumbled, and now he's going to try to make that breakout year here in 2020 as Tim Anderson steps in as the leadoff hitter hitting 375 on this young season. The pitch on the way. That one's low and outside, ball one. As we mentioned in the top half, of this inning, Saxon 35th, you can go check out their blog at saxon35th.com, is covering this entire season with recaps, box scores, so you can enhance your experience listening to these games each and every day. As that one is popped into short left field, Mondesi ran back and caught that one a little over his shoulder, flips it over to second base, and Anderson is down for the first out of the inning. And Juan Mancata was off to a really slow start. Not taken out of the lineup, though, today. Ricky Renteria sticking with him. You keep your star in his spot and let him work out his problems. It's only the first few games of the season. He has yet to reach base. He is 9 for 20, though, with two home runs lifetime against Junis. As he takes strike one in the second pitch on the way, 
And that is strike two. He checked up, but it caught lots of that plate. And Mankata quickly down 0-2, which has been the story early in the year for him. Chops this one to second. Quick flip to first. And he's retired, two out. Each and every one of these broadcasts will be available when you wake up the day of the game. So if you want to listen to them at night, listen to them at night. You want to listen to them during the day, listen to them at work. Put it on the background and enjoy your White Sox season. First pitch to Abreu, low, swung on and missed, strike one. Got some guests coming up this week. As Abreu loops this one in the center, it will fall in in front of the center fielder. He will trot in the first base, and he is on with two outs. James Fox from Future Sox, a regular guest on Sox in the Basement, who has now started to find fame and fortune, or at least fame, ending up on some of the terrestrial radio stations around Chicago, but has been on Sox in the Basement now, coming up for the last two years as a regular guest, as Aloy Jimenez fouls that first one off. Aloy has three home runs in the first two games of the season. Had two home runs yesterday, including one in the first inning. He looks good in that cleanup spot this year. So James Fox is going to be joining us. I believe the expectation is he will join us Monday night for the first game from Jacobs Field. Or is that Progressive Field now? I can't keep track of all these names. But in in, in, uh, Cleveland with the Indians. And then Don Paul, former White Sox pitcher, South Sider from Evergreen Park, also joining us later on this week for one of the broadcasts. As this one is low, 3-1 to Jimenez. Yasmani Grandal on deck. So we know for sure we have James Fox and we have former White Sox pitcher Don Paul on Sox in the basement during these broadcasts this week. As that one's inside, Jimenez walks. I don't think Kansas City pitchers want anything to do with him right now. Yasmani Grandal will step up to the plate with runners on first and second and two outs. Yasmani only hit 246 last year, but had 28 home runs, 77 RBIs, and he is one of the best pitch framers in all of baseball. And a lot of people believe he's the catalyst to all the big moves that the White Sox were able to make this offseason when they locked him up very early on in the offseason. He takes that for a strike down the middle, 0-1 the count. Also looking to get my my pal Dave, my co-host for Sox in the Basement, linked up where he'll be able to watch the game from his location and join me on some of these broadcasts this coming week. So we have lots of plans, and we're going to be putting them out. Each and every day there would be a White Sox game to bring you White Sox baseball 90 minutes or less. As that one swung on and missed badly. One and two the count. Two on, two outs. The pitch to Yasmani Grandal. Inside called third strike. Grandal glares back at the umpire. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, I want that same call for my guys. At the end of the first, no score. Salvador Perez will step in here to lead off the second inning against Dylan Cease, who got in some trouble early on in this game and was able to work his way out of it in the first inning. And now we'll see if he can settle down, settle in, and plow through a few innings. As a slider, 85 miles an hour, is fouled off down the first base line. The next offering on the way. And that is a strike. Quickly, 0-2. Cease wasting no time, toes the rubber, the wind, and the pitch. Outside, ball one, one and two the count. Remember, if you'd like to catch up on previous games, you have two options. You can read the recap at Saxon35th.com as they'll be recapping all of our games. Or you can just go to SaxonTheBasement.com or any podcast players. That one is flied out gently to Nomar Mazar in right field for the first out of the inning. You can go to SaxonTheBasement.com or anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any one of those podcast apps on Google Play. And these games are all on demand and ready for you when you're ready to listen to them. And we may even go to video before this week is out. We just want to make sure it's perfect 
before we do it. It might be a treat that we do for, let's say, a weekend game or something like that. First offering to Ryan O'Hearn is a strike taken. Owen won the count with one out. As I sip my delicious Bombay gin and tonic. Trying to switch up the drink for every broadcast. This one is given a ride. Right center field. Robert on his horse to the wall. He leaps and he goes over the wall and he pulls it in. Luis Robert gets to the track, stops, turns, jumps straight up, and he takes away a home run for the second out of the inning. And then nonchalantly just tosses it in and starts laughing. That was a heck of a play. This young man has had a pretty good series. Big bomb yesterday, big play out in center field today. Can't ask for too much more from a rookie. I know everybody's got these huge expectations as it's one and one right now to Franco in the eighth spot for the Royals. I know he has these huge expectations because they saw what he did in the minor leagues, but there's no guarantee a guy comes out and just tears it up right away and he's going to have adjustment periods and he's going to make mistakes and he has to cover a ton of ground out in the outfield. Two balls in a row, it's three and one right now to Franco. He's going to have to cover a lot of ground with Mazzara and Jimenez's range. So the fact he's able to go back to the wall with that much ease and make that play is a testament to the type of defense I think we're going to see all year long from Luis Robert. He's got him to three and two and walked him on a high fastball. And with two outs, he gives the free pass and an extra at bat, but it's to Brett Phillips, who has been like having a pitcher in the order for the Kansas City Royals this entire series. They have had multiple opportunities with men all over the bases in tough situations where pitchers are on the ropes and Phillips can't buy a hit. And I think most pitchers could hit better than him as he flies this one out softly to Luis Robert on the first pitch and ends the threat and ends the inning. Encarnacion, Mazzara, Robert, they're up in the bottom of the second. You are listening to Socks in the Basement's presentation of a simulated White Sox season coming to you direct from Guaranteed Rate Field. And then we're going to be on the road. We've got a series against the Indians this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then we're going to Boston this weekend. There's a Thursday game. Friday's an off day because Thursday's their opening day, their home opener there. As that one is fouled off 0-1 Encarnacion. If there's a rain out, it'd be made up on Friday. So they know they're getting their opening day in on Thursday or Friday. And then there are games on Saturday and Sunday out at Fenway. 1-1 the count on a high fastball. The next pitch on the way low in the dirt. 2-1 Junis to Encarnacion who has adapted very nicely here on the south side so far. Hits into a shift, though, on the left side of the infield, just to the uh, shortstop side of second base, where the second baseman was standing. That's an easy ground out. A long four to three. And his his white-rimmed sunglasses go well with these 83 Sox jerseys they're wearing today. They match perfectly. Then again, white matches with everything, right? Nomar Mazzara steps in with one out. Inside strike taken, 93-mile-an-hour four-seam fastball. And just like they shifted to the left side for Encarnacion, they all shift over to the right side for Mazzaro. Haven't seen the White Sox beat the shift all weekend long. It's never, it's never to the side where there's nobody standing, let's say. I've seen the Royals hit against the shift, well, at least on three or four occasions in this series. So... It's something to work on. I, I've always said if there's going to be a shift like that, you should just bunt it down the line where nobody is. But Mazzara hits straight into the shift. 
lifts it out to right field to his counterpart, Soler, who barely has to move because he shifted almost all the way over to the foul line. And there's two away. Luis Roberts steps up, had that bomb yesterday, goes off the kid zone deck for his first home run. He also had his first major league hit a few innings earlier, two for four yesterday with a home run and three RBI. You know, he's an 0 for on opening day, but he had himself a day, game two of this series. As he fouls that one off, and the count is quickly 1-1, one and one, with two outs in the bottom of the second. Swung on low, two strikes, 1-2 and two the count. Junis trying to end the inning with the pitch on the way. Outside, ball two. So we're going to Cleveland. They won their first two games. It'll be interesting to see what they do today. As that one is taken outside, close. But no cigar, three and two to count with Danny Mendick getting the start today, standing on deck in the ninth spot. Pitch on the way, slider dropped out right as it got to the plate. Roberts swings over the top of it, and that ends the inning. We're through two already. Both teams only have one hit and no runs. You're listening to White Sox Simulated Season from Socks of the Basement. Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksofTheBasement.com. Top of the order for the Royals now. Dylan Cease to Mondesi. The pitch on the way, low and outside. Ball one. Both pitchers have done a pretty good job working in their innings. Not the high pitch counts that we've seen from several of the pitchers. Great play by the uh, the ball boy. Catching it on the fly as it's ripped down the first base line. It's a long strike, one and one. Both pitchers are working inside-outside. They seem to be able to find the strike zone with most batters. Cease looked a little shaky with the first two batters, but he's settled in so far. That one's inside. Two and two the count now. Two foul balls account for both strikes to Mondesi. Fifth offering on the way. Down the middle, grounded. Anderson with the scoop, the throw. 6-3, ground out. Mondesi will grab some bench. And Alex Gordon will step up. One for one so far in this game with a single in the first inning. He was unable to advance any further. With one out in the top of the third, Cease brings it. That one is low and outside. 85-mile-an-hour slider just to see if Gordon was going to reach. 1-0 the count. Next pitch. Another slider. This one is grounded to Anderson on his horse. Throws across second base awkwardly and pulls Abreu off the bag. He went deep into the hole, got it as it hopped over second, and then he does one of those throws where he's got to throw across his body as he's being carried into right field, and he's way offline, pulls Abreu off the bag so Abreu can stop it from going into the opposing team's dugout. And so there's a runner on now with one out. Whit Merrifield comes up, and he's quickly 0-1 with the second pitch on the way. That one's fouled down the first baseline. Merrifield 0-3 in yesterday's game. Another pitch on the way here. Mendick scoops, goes to second. Anderson across the first. Not in time. So they'll get the force out of second base. There's a low and outside pitch grounded to Danny Mendick, who has to come in and run a little bit towards the first base side. He decides he's going to go to second because the runner's already by him. He's able to get him, but that was an awful lot of distance that ball had to travel to get to Anderson and then come back all the way to first base. And it just was not in time. So there's two outs with a fielder's choice and a runner on first base. 0-1 the count right now to Soler. Who's due? Let's be honest. Dylan Cease offering pitch number 46 right here. That's a ball. 1-1 the count. White Sox pitchers have not worked quick. Well, in speed terms, they're working quick. But 
they have offered a lot of pitches early in innings to batters. They don't look like the kind of staff that's going to get past the sixth inning in most games with the amount of pitches that move around the zone and the amount of pitches outside the strike zone, which you know has got to infuriate a guy like Don Cooper, but they're looking at the analytics this year. They have a different guy back there behind the plate. He's calling a different type of game. This is two and two with two outs and a runner on first, a Solaire in the pitch. Low, runner goes. He is safe. No tag applied. He got a huge jump. That was also ball three, so pounce full to Solaire with a runner now on second base with two outs here on the top of the third and the pitch on the way. That's low and inside, ball four, so the runner would have made it to second base anyway, I guess. That's three walks so far for Cease today as we sit in the third inning. And if you're going to average a walk an inning, you are going to labor, and you are not going to last long. I know the Royals are a team that's in a rebuild, and I know the Royals don't have a potent lineup, but if you keep putting two guys on base every inning, eventually they're going to get you. First and second with two outs. That one's high. Ball one. White Sox playing defense straight up. Merrifield, the runner on second base, takes a good lead. Sees checks the runner. The pitch on the way. Inside high for ball two. 97 miles an hour, but you got to find the strike zone. And like I said, this is something Don Cooper despises. He wants his guys to throw it in the strike zone. Nibbling around the outside, racking up your pitch count does nobody any good. As Cease gets ready for pitch number 54 now here in the third inning. With a 2-1 count and the pitch on the way, swung on and belted deep down the left field line foul. That was almost three runs right there. They'll reset with the pitch. Swung on now, back out into left field. Jimenez on his horse going back to the wall. He looks up, and that's gone. 380 feet. Dozier takes Cease deep with a three-run home run. That ball got out of here in a hurry. 110 miles an hour on the exit velocity into about the fifth row in left center field in the bleachers. The pitch right before that, he had buried it, but it just was foul the foul pole. From the moment he let go of it, you knew it was going foul, but he got basically the same pitch the next time. And and like we said, if you're going to keep giving free passes, even the Royals will make you pay. That one is hit deep in the right field. Way, way back and caught over the head of Nomar Mazar as he streaks towards the right field wall. That looked like that was going as well. Still three to nothing going to the bottom of the third. Kansas City Royals. Danny Mendick steps in for his first at bat of the season with the Sox trailing three nothing in the bottom of the third. Want to give a shout out to Family Waterproofing Solutions. One of our newest sponsors here on Sox in the Basement. One of our newer advertisers. And I told you a little bit yesterday about Ken and Maria. This is a veteran-owned and female-owned business, family-owned business, that is paying their workers and giving them full health care insurance, all the, all the benefits they can during these trying times while they keep the doors shut. One-in-one one count, ground to the second base. Mendick is out on a 4-3, and there's one away. And when the commendable thing about it is that technically Family Waterproofing Solutions was given the status of a business that was essential and could operate. And they're currently doing their part. They're doing it for their family, which is their coworkers, and they're doing it for your families as well, but you could still get estimates. And all you have to do is check them out, schedule a video conference, the details on how to do that coming up here at the end of this half inning, and they'll give you your estimate and go through your house and your basement and figure out what they can do for you so they're ready to go the moment they feel comfortable and safe to do so as this one is lifted into right center field 
That is in the gap. It'll take a one hop over the wall, and Tim Anderson is on with a ground rule double. And he's lucky it bounces over the wall, because I'll be honest with you, he admired his shot. He hit it, and he took three steps slowly before he realized that wasn't going to clear. But it bounces perfectly over the wall, and so he's going to get the second no matter what. As Juan Moncada steps in, and it'd be, this would be a great time for Moncada to finally get the monkey off his back and get his first hit of the year. This one is outside ball one. It has felt like Moncada does not trust himself with the strike zone early on this year. He's always known for having a great eye, but he has swung at pitches outside of the zone, and he has checked up on pitches in the zone. And he has had a bad time trying to judge where the ball is going to end up early on this season. He's one and one after he takes a strike there. And now, two and one on an inside curve that misses the plate. Anderson with a lead over at second base. Sox trail three to nothing, but it's early. As this one is lifted into left field, left fielder tracking back to the wall. He will catch this right before he reaches the warning track. Anderson tagged up because it was either going to be gone or it was going to be caught because it hung up there for so long. So he tags up and makes it over to third, but there's two outs. Moncada at least advances a runner over, but it'll be up to Jose Abreu to try to get him in. And Abreu has done well early on, so I wouldn't doubt that he could do it. As the pitch is on the way from Junis, low and inside, caught enough of the plate in the strike zone for that to be strike one. Abreu four for 18 lifetime against Junis as he gets ready for pitch number 42 on the day. That one's outside. Ball one, one and one the count. Beautiful day out today. It's been a beautiful opening weekend. Very festive atmosphere. As that is swung on and missed. Strike two. I don't know if we will have as big of an attendance, though, today, looking at the stands. But it's still a really good crowd out there. As the pitch is on the way and is ground to the first base, on the one hop, it is fielded by O'Hearn. He steps on first, and the inning is over. Through three, the Royals lead it. Three to nothing. O'Hearn, Franco, and Phillips to face Cease. In the top of the fourth. Foundation issues not properly handled can be costly. Family Waterproofing Solutions is owned by Ken, a veteran of the United States Marines, and his wife Maria, making them a veteran-owned business and a female-owned business that will diagnose and repair wet or leaky basements. During the current health crisis, Ken and Maria decided to pay each and every one of their workers, secure their jobs, and continue to give them health care from home. And while they're not currently going out and doing jobs, they will still give you an estimate and jump on and do a video consultation right now. Plus, part of the proceeds for every job that they do are donated to veteran and first responder organizations who support our frontline defenders. And currently, Socks in the Basement listeners have access to special pricing when they contact Family Waterproofing Solutions now, 708-330-4466, or visit them today at FamilyBasementWaterproofing.com. You're listening to White Sox Simulated Baseball, brought to you by Cork and Carey at the Park. My name is Chris Lanuti, and thank you for tuning in. Remember, these games are always available to you on demand, released. When you wake up in the morning, you will find them everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SoxInTheBasement.com as we intend to bring you White Sox games all season long, as long as necessary, to give you your dose of baseball. And like I mentioned early on in this broadcast, we will have some great guests coming up and joining us in the next several days as we go on the road to Cleveland and then Boston. Ryan O'Hearn steps in, and we're ready to start the fourth inning. Dylan Cease already with 56 pitches and the delivery. And it's an inside strike called eighth pick in 2014 was Ryan O'Hearn. 
0 for 1 so far in this game. And the pitch on the way. That's high. 1 and 1 the count. Orioles and Yankees tied in the seventh right now. Three all. This one is popped into left field. Anderson makes the play because Jimenez was on a shift. There was an outfield shift going on. So T.A. was the only guy that could get to that, but he got to it with ease with an over-the-shoulder catch in short left field. And there's one away as Franco steps in, hitting 333 on this young season. Signed out of the Dominican Republic originally. And he's 1-0 here on the top of the fourth inning with one out. And the second offering is fouled off down the first baseline. Remember, my favorite Royals batter to see, Brett Phillips, is on deck. As this one's in the dirt and rolls at a backstop. 2-1 the count. Dylan needs to have a good inning here. After what happened, you could still turn in a quality star here if you can get your team through the sixth inning. And he can do that if he bears down and shakes off that rough inning. As this one goes off of Moncada's glove, he slides on his butt, trying to make a quick one-hop play. It bounces over his legs, over his glove, and out to Eloy Jimenez as Franco has a single and stands at first base. And Brett Phillips comes up, and as much as we've asked Brett to do his best to kill Royals innings, I would love it if he could hit into a double play right now as he takes strike one right down the middle. I tell you what this guy did this weekend, but why get into detail? He's 0 for the weekend and hits 130 or abouts for his career. That's how you know you've got a team that uh, is not going anywhere this year. And you got a guy like that in the lineup every day. As he pops out to shallow left field, Jimenez comes in and makes an easy catch. And there's two gone, but the Royals have been able to flip over that order, get to another batter in Mondesi. He's 0 for 1 today. But you could very quickly see things change for the Royals this inning. They put up all their runs with two outs in the third. There's nothing that says they can't do more damage now. Cease needs the bear down, the pitch on the way. Quickly, 0-2 the count. Dylan Cease trying to make quick work of Mondesi and get out of the fourth inning, the pitch on the way. Check swing. He said he went. They will not appeal down the third base line. Cease gets the strikeout and is out of the inning. Midway through the fourth, 3-0 Royals. It will be Jimenez, Grandal, and Encarnacion here in the bottom of the fourth inning. Those guys have done some damage so far the, this series. And you'd like to see them at least scrape a run together here. It's early in the game. Let's pick away at this thing and get back into it. With the runs we've scored over the first two games, 3-0 should not be insurmountable. As this one is low and swung on and missed. 1-1 one one the count. Jimenez has given the Royals pitchers fits this series. But Junis has got him 1-2 right now and is going after him because there's nobody on base and he's pitching with a lead. So you approach a guy differently as this one is lined the first on the one-hop, fielded, flipped to Junis in front of Jimenez. It is the 3-1 put out and one out in the inning as Grandal steps in on the left side of the plate and will try to get something going here. 0 for 1 so far on this day. The pitch on the way, swung on and hit solidly into center field. Due to the shift, it is going to roll to the track. Rondal is not a fast base runner. And he will slow up and get back to first base. So it's a very, very long single. But he is on for Encarnacion. Jacob Junis does not want to see the White Sox have one of the big innings that they have done in each of the first two games. In the first game, the White Sox got four runs in the first. In the sixth, they got a run from Grandal to make it 5-4 and then scored two in the eighth on a 
Jimenez two-run home run. The Sacks also jumped out in the first inning yesterday with two runs right away and scored in bunches with several home runs. Robert and Jimenez, the guy's crushing it, is on three pitches. Encarnacion goes down on a high fastball being the final one, and there's two gone. He has looked good at the plate and then looked bad, and it changes with each at bat. There are times where he's battling up there, but he has gone down on three pitches at least two or three times in this opening series. Nomar Mazara's up. Nomar's got a couple RBIs from game one. He's played fairly well, getting used to his new home. And I think these fans would love it if he could give one a ride, get this team back into it. That one's high for a ball, one and one the count. Mazara's had a hit in each one of the first two games. One for four in game one, one for three in game two. As he hits that one deep but foul, going down the one knee on the swing throw, one and two the count. And Juna's trying to finish this inning just as quickly as he's finished the previous ones. Outside, ball two, two and two the count. Still early in this game, still time, as this one is grounded to second base and flipped to short for the force of Grandal to end the inning. We'll talk about what it's still time for coming up here in the top of the fifth. The Royals still lead Chicago, three nothing. Here at the rate, Gordon Merrifield Solaire will be up. You are listening to White Sox Simulated Baseball from Sox in the Basement, bringing you each and every game that we need to, and being backed up and covered by Sox on 35th, which I think is going to be just a fun partnership. We've never worked with them before, but we saw they were they were going to do a simulated recap, and we had the broadcast, and we got together, and we were like, well, we'll do the broadcast. You recap us. And they were like, that's great. We could just create our own little virtual world, like Westworld, without the robots that kill people. Kind of like that, as Cease is quickly 2-0 against Alex Gordon in the top of the fifth. He's got 71 pitches, but I'm sure the Sox expect him to pitch this entire fifth inning. Is that one as low as outside? 3-0 the count. Whit Merrifield is on deck. The pitch on the way. That one's low, but in the strike zone, and it's 3-1. Nice pitch. The pitch. That one is looped in the center, into the gap, actually, between Robert and Jimenez. Jimenez cuts it off. The runner going to second, but Jimenez, instead of coming up with a strong throw, flipped the ball underhand towards second base. If he would have made a strong throw, Gordon's out at second base, or it would have at least been close. He lackadaisically flipped that ball towards second. He assumed Gordon was going to be there. Gordon didn't assume it. He was going as fast as he could to second base, and he's standing there right now with no outs. In the top of the fifth, with Merrifield up and the crowd getting restless. As this one is lined down the third baseline, fair ball into the corner. The runner is going to come around and go for home. He will score easily. It's cut off by Anderson to prevent Merrifield from advancing from first base. And Jorge Soler will come up now with the Royals leading 4-0. Inside pitch, ball one. Runner on first, 4-0 Royals. They scored three in the third and one so far here in the fifth. Meanwhile, the White Sox have not threatened. They've had a runner on third one time with two outs in this game. And I think that was their only runner in scoring position to date, at least as of this date, for this game. One and two the count, the pitch on the way, and it's high. Two and two the count. White Sox would like to get the sweep, head off 3-0 and against the Indians as they travel to Cleveland tomorrow. Three to the count as Cease works his way back and the pitch on the way. Oh, that felt like strike three. It looked like strike three. Everybody in the ballpark thought it was strike three, except for Solaire and the ump. And Don Cooper will take a slow walk out to the mound. And he waited. He waited for the home plate umpire to basically meet him because he wanted to talk about that pitch. But there's nothing you can do about it. 
He talks to Cease. He leaves him in. First and second, a run is already in. Four to nothing Royals. And the White Sox trying to stop the bleeding so they can get back in this game. Pitch on the way, and it's fouled down the first baseline. Dylan Cease struggling. There's a lot of expectations on this young man this year, but as we mentioned earlier in the game, as the runner goes from second base, it was not a double steal. It was just Merrifield trying to go second to third. It's fouled off down the third base line. They'll reset. 0-2 the count. Big lead this time by Merrifield, but he does not go, and it's 1-2 and two now. Cease has to look back at him because I think he's going to try for third again. The pitch on the way. Swung on and missed, and one down. So after the discussion with his pitching coach, Dylan Cease responds with a strikeout, and Sal Perez steps in with two on and one out in the top of the fifth. This is the inning, Dylan. This is your moment. You can't worry about the rest of the game. You just have to worry about getting these next two outs and preventing any more runs. As that one is swung on and popped up back to the broadcast booth, Owen won the count. Perez 0 for 2 so far on this game. The pitch from Cease, low, 1-1 and one the count. Dylan Cease now keeping a better eye on Merrifield. He's dancing, though. The pitch on the way, swung on, and it's drifting down the right field line. This will be foul, about three sections away from the foul pole on the right field line. They reset 1-2 and two in the pitch on the way. Inside, swung on, strike three. He completely tied up Perez for his third strikeout. That was a ball. It was inside. It was above the wrist and near the shoulders. And an ugly swing is offered. Almost like he was trying to defend himself with his back because he thought it was going to hit him. That ball had some movement on it. Rondal tosses it back. And we've gone from two on with no outs to two on with two outs. And Dylan Cease has a chance to get out of this inning. The pitch on the way. Inside called strike. Owen won the count. The conversation with Coop, at least to this moment, has done something for this young man. And maybe it was, as he gets ready for his 91st pitch of the game, get through the fifth inning. This is your inning. Leave it all out there. This one has popped up to the backstop. Grandal runs back. He may have a play. He sets, tosses the mask, makes the catch. And Dylan Cease gets out of a jam. He did let a run across early on in this inning. It is four to nothing Royals over the White Sox with Robert, Mendick, and Anderson up in the bottom of the fifth. Folks, now would be a good time to go on Grubhub, look up Cork and Carry at the park, and order yourself some wings, some burgers, some hot dogs, a good nice sandwich. Go look at that extensive menu. Mouth-watering, award-winning burgers in support a local business that you want to have its doors wide open and ready for you when it comes time to get back to the ballpark in person later on this year. As the White Sox have Jimmy Cordero warming up out in the bullpen, Cordero came in and pitched one and a thirds innings after Giolito had a rough start. As this one is lifted into center field and a misplayed ball, Robert is going to get on. I do not know if that's going to go down as a hit. He hits this, and it looked like it got lost in the sun because as the center fielder drifts in, he looks like he's ready to make the play, and he throws up his hands at the last second, and the ball bounces right in front of him and hits him right in the chest. So Mendick will come up 0 for 1 with Luis Robert on first base. The pitch to Mendick on the way. Swung on, strike one. Juna still bringing it, 92 miles an hour, but he's only got 59 pitches here in the fifth inning. He has kept that pitch count down, and he's going to go deep in this game if he can with a 4-0 lead. Robert's a threat to steal at first base. They throw over to first. He's back safely. Junis sets, 0-1 the count. The pitch to Mendick. Swung on, strike two. Junis sets, checks the runner. The pitch on the way, Robert goes. Inside for strike three. Robert under the tag. Will steal second base with a head first slide. Mendick goes down, but Robert makes it to second base anyway. He got a good jump. And Tim Anderson comes up. He's one for two with a double in the third. 
and he will try to bring Luis Robert home. I believe a base hit would score this young man. He's got some wheels. Nice defensive play earlier on in this game. As that one is ripped down the left field line, tailing foul right before it got to the foul post. 0-1 on the long strike with one out in the bottom of the fifth. Run around second for Tim Anderson. The pitch. Swung on and belted down the right field line, and it hits just to the right of the chalk for another long strike. 0-2 the count. He hit it down both foul lines on two consecutive pitches. Takes the third pitch just outside for ball one, one and two the count. And Junis resets with Robert dancing behind him. He looks at him and he delivers. And that's outside ball two. You want to keep a little pressure on Jake Junis. He hasn't had a lot in this game. But as we get later on in the game and the pitch count gets up there, make him work. As Anderson strikes out on a high fastball swinging underneath it. Junis's fifth strikeout. There are two outs in this inning. And Yoan Mankata, if there was ever a time for you to come out of your slump, if there was ever a time and you hit it hard last time up, now would be the time to drive in your Cuban brother, Luis Robert. It is high inside part of the zone, but it catches enough of it for strike number one. 315 last year. That was the batting average for Yoan Mankata. Three zeros now, two and a half games through the season. Crow gets eerily quiet for a moment. Almost like waiting for a golfer to get a big hit. He fouls that one off. He's 0-2 quickly. Bottom of the fifth, two outs. Robert on second, the pitch on the way. Outside, ball one. Jose Abreu stands on deck, and he has been hitting. Aloy Jimenez stands behind him. He has been hitting. Moncada could be the link that gets the White Sox an inning here. He checks up on that one. He's given the check. Two and two the count. He was close to going around there, but he did not. And he will get another stab at it. Bottom of the fifth inning here in Chicago. 4-0 Royals. They lost the first two games of this series and are trying to escape with a win and get back to Kansas City. The pitch on the way. Inside. That is a ball. Full count. So Mankata was 0-2. Relied on his eye to get him back to 3-2. He's got a runner on second base with speed. And he's itching for that first hit of the season. And now will be a great time to see him do it. Junis stares in. The pitch on the way. Swung on. Chopped the first. A nice play made. It's going to be an uh, unassisted put out by the first baseman. And the White Sox come away with nothing. No runs on four hits for them. The Royals have four on six. We go to the top of the sixth. Four nothing, Kansas City. Jimmy Cordero will kick off the sixth inning for the White Sox on the mound. He got one and a third in game one when he struck out the first four batters he faced before he walked the fifth batter and was pulled from the game. But he was the guy that came in and put out the fire that Lucas Giolito had started when the Royals climbed back from a 4-0 deficit to tie it at four. Giolito dug down deep, got out of the fourth inning. Cordero came in and pitched the fifth and the beginning of the sixth and started building that bridge that eventually won the White Sox their opener. And he has Franco quickly 0-2. He has been attacking the plate early on this season as that one would have been a strike as well, but it's fouled off on a 96-mile-an-hour sinker from Jimmy Cordero. Cordero came the pitch this year. Struck him out 99 miles an hour. High inside fastball. He could not lay off it. Cordero has now struck out five of the first six batters he's faced in this season. That's incredible. Somebody's got to explain to Jimmy that he's a middle reliever and not a closer. I don't think he cares. 
I think he's coming for Alex Colome's job and Aaron Bummer's money. The pitch on the way. That one's inside for a ball. Not everything could be a strike for Jimmy Cordero to Brett Phillips, who should be easy for a guy like Cordero, the way he's been hot lately. The Angels lead the Astros 6-1, and I hope the Astros lose every game this year as they're a bunch of cheating cheats. As that ball is low and outside to Phillips, and he's 2-0. Cordero has attacked the plate, but he does move the ball just outside the zone or just inside the zone to try to fool hitters, and it's worked so far. He's had a lot of action on his stuff so far. Rondal sets, takes the throw, a 97-mile-an-hour sinker for a strike, 2-1 the count to Brett Phillips, and Cordero toes the rubber and brings his fourth offering to this batter. The pitch on the way. Inside strike called, 2-2 two two the count. The Phillies lead the Marlins, 11 to nothing. Marlins have a lot more building to do, as that is ball three, three and two the count, with Mondesi on deck. This may be the most pitches that any Royals batter has seen from Cordero in an at-bat, as the sixth pitch is on the way. That's how good he's been, the pitch. Inside, flared out to left, in front of Jimenez, and that's a base hit, and the first one of the year for Brett Phillips, who doesn't look like he belongs in the major leagues, and more so seems like he belongs on a 16-inch softball team, and not one of the good ones on Sundays, like the church league on Wednesday. But he's on first base, and I'm not. And Mondesi steps in against Cordero with one out in the top of the sixth, and that's a ball low. Cordero impressed me last year. In the times that I saw him, not only on television, but also in person, there was something about the way he brings it as this one's ground to Mendick. Quick flip to short. Anderson across the first. Not in time. They will get the force. They are not able to get the double play. Mondesi just way too quick down the line. Two outs on the fielder's choice. Runner on first base. And Alex Gordon comes up to face Jimmy Cordero. Pitch on the way. Grounded. Chopped. Abreu cuts it off. Flips to Cordero. Abreu cut off Mendick. Cordero had to run the, the 40-yard dash to get over the first base to cover. But it all worked out in the end. Abreu, Jimenez, and Grandal lead off the bottom of the sixth. Sox down by four. You are listening to White Sox Simulated Baseball from Sox in the Basement. There are lots of ways you could participate with Sox in the Basement. First of all, we did 100 podcast episodes before we started doing these games. In fact, episode number 101 was opening day. As the first offering to Abreu catches the outside portion of the plate, Owen won the count here in the bottom of the sixth. There are some great interviews on there if you want to go back and listen to them. Ron Kittle's been on the show a few times. There's a great one with Jason Benetti that's an oldie but a goodie. As this one is fouled towards the stands, leaning over into the stands. The play is made. And Abreu pops out foul for the first out. Steve Shishek warming up in the bullpen right now. He may be coming out to pitch the seventh. As that one is low and outside for a ball to Aloy Jimenez. Seeing Shishek out there tells me the White Sox are not done. And they intend to try to climb back into this game. And Renteria was smart getting Herrera and Marshall some work yesterday and resting his good guys for Sunday when he was picking up the win on Saturday. As that one's a ball, 2-0 the count. It gives him the ability now to kind of play poker. When you're playing Texas Hold'em, as that's a strike called, you always pay for the first three cards. Even if you got something terrible, a lot of times you want to pay for the first three cards. And if you built a big enough pot, you can pay all the way through the river, no matter what you've got in your hand, and take a few risks. And that's kind of what he can do here with his bullpen. 
full count now to Jimenez. Yasmani Grandal standing on deck. He caught all three games, but he did get an off day, so I think that makes a lot of sense. This is not going to be an even split between him and McCann, as this one is flared out to right field by Jimenez, and it'll be a can of corn for the second out. Junis cruising here. He will get through six unless something weird happens. He's only pitched 80 pitches. He could get through seven. And the way that that Royals bullpen has looked, they might give him seven the way he's going along. As Grandal steps in with two outs and nobody on in the bottom of the six, down by four. As that is fouled off down the third base line. Going back to Sacks in the basement, some great interviews in there. A lot of fun that we've had. Of course, like everybody else, we did not see what came to this world just a month ago. We were prepared for a very, very different start to this season and did not even think it was possible. With a show that actually came out where we laughed at the idea that things would go the way that they've gone. And the show comes out, within 24 hours, the whole world changed. And I don't think very many of us saw this coming. But we will get through it and be better for it, I believe, on the other side. As Grandal goes down swinging to end the sixth inning, the White Sox can't find any answers. Going to the top of the seventh, trailing by four. Cordero will start off this inning in the top of the seventh. He must have felt good. He did go into a second inning the first time he came out of the bullpen. And Ricky Renteria might be saying, I'm not going to use every pitcher in this game. As this one's bunted, Cordero comes off the mound with a throw to first, and he gets it by half a step. That thing died in the grass on the bunt. Who lays down a bunt when you're up 4 nothing? That's cheap. Back in the old days, Ty Cobb would spike you going into the base. We're doing that this late in the game, up 4 nothing, with nobody on. Give me the unwritten rules of baseball on that one, someone. But it goes down for an out, and I don't think the White Sox can complain too much even though they're losing this game. They win the first two games of the series, and this one is not over yet. Jorge Soler steps in against Jimmy Cordero, who's already got one out here on the top of the seventh, and he delivers. That's strike two swung on inside. I believe if Cordero takes down Soler, they're going to let him finish the seventh. The pitch on the way. Swung on, strike three, took him down on three straight pitches. Cordero now with his sixth strikeout of the season. And this is only his second appearance coming out of the bullpen. This man is a strikeout artist. And here's the guy who broke it all open for the Royals with a big three-run bomb. Hunter Dozier standing up at the plate with nobody on and two outs in the top of the seventh inning. Jimmy Cordero trying to change the tide just like he did in game one when starting pitching and giving up a lot of runs and he came in and provided stability as this one has popped up to Mazzara it'll be the third out Cordero comes in in two innings of relief and sits the Royals down Encarnacion, Mazzara, Roberts scheduled in the bottom of the seventh let's get some runs Steve Shishek has sat down and Chase Fry is up warming here for the eighth inning Kevin McCarthy and Josh Staumont Warming up for the Royals, but Jake Junis is still out there. Mets beat Washington 3-2. That's a final. Familia gets the win. Hudson the loss. 0-1 to Encarnacion as he lifts this one down the line. Left field curving towards the pole. And that is foul off the wall. Two feet to the left of the foul pole line on the padding. It's been that kind of game for the White Sox. There's been a lot of close, hard-hit balls down the right and left field lines deep that have not fallen in today. And Junis has capitalized on that and struck out Encarnacion yet again. Jake Junis cruising, still has less than 90 pitches here in the bottom of the seventh with one out. 
and he is shutting the White Sox out. And they have not been able to figure him out at all. We've got a lot of guys sitting on that bench who have not gotten a chance to hit this year because the way things went for the first few games, you want to give your starters every opportunity. We might see a few pinch hitters come up here in this game. The White Sox can't get anything done. Mazzara, for the second time in this game, fouls one deep down the line, down the first baseline, and goes down to a knee as he swings. I don't know if he's trying to get a highlight reel, but you're not going to do very well if you're always dropping to one knee when you're swinging the bat. And it's one and two. I'm Mazzara in the bottom of the seventh with one out. Right down the middle, he just froze. And that is strike three. That was no doubt a strike. Eighth strikeout for Junis as he continues the full White Sox hitting and put on a show here as the Royals try to salvage one game of the series. Luis Robert, though, is not intimidated as he steps in one for two and looks for another hit. And that is a strike just catching the inside part of the plate up towards the letters. He had a single in the fifth that did go down as a single. I thought it would have been an error, but they went as a single. So he's got three hits on the season now. The pitch is fouled off down the first baseline, and quickly another White Sox batter is 0-2. And it's not because they're swinging at junk. For the most part, Junis is just putting in the strike zone and telling them, hit it. And the White Sox are not doing that. Now he tries to paint the corner there, and he doesn't get it. 1-2 the count, with two outs in the bottom of the seventh. The pitch to Robert. Swung on and missed. That one was outside the zone. He chased it. And the Sox go down. The ninth strikeout for Junis. And here's a guy who's just cruising along. The only question now seems to be whether or not the Royals will make the mistake of bringing in the bullpen. Is the Royals lead 4-0 after 7. Jace Fry comes in. He pitched two-thirds of an inning because he followed up Cordero in game one. And it's three batters or finish the inning. The attendance 28,176 here that has just been announced as Sal Perez steps in here in the top of the eighth inning with the Royals up 4-0. Jace Fry has him 1-1 one one right now as he swings through that. Nice crowd. Sox fans showed up this weekend. Beautiful day. And I would assume some of these fans will be heading over to 33rd and Princeton at Cork and Carey at the park later on. And you at home can order on Grubhub today and enjoy some good food from Cork and Carey at the park. Support them just as they are going to support you when everything gets back to normal, they can open their doors very, very soon, hopefully. As that one is grounded out, second base over the first, Mendick to Abreu, and now 1-0 to Ryan O'Hearn. And quickly, two balls to O'Hearn. And this is a good matchup for Fry, as it's lefty-lefty. This is the kind of guy he's got to take down, especially with these new rules, where he can't go in and pitch to just one guy. The pitch on the way, and that's a high, but... Down the middle strike that catches the zone, according to the umpire, just below the letters. Two and one the count. As O'Hearn stands in there 0 for 3 against Jace Fry with one out and nobody on in the top of the eighth inning. Swung on and missed low in the dirt. Two and two now the count. For the White Sox, at least right now, it's Danny Mendick leading off the eighth inning before you get to Tim Anderson and Yoan Moncada. But anything's possible right now. When you're down by four, nobody's been able to figure out Jake Junis. You could see Renteria go for a spark, and nothing says you have to wait for that pinch hitter until the ninth inning. As O'Hearn swings over that one, and he goes down swinging, two outs now in the top of the eighth for Mikhail Franco. Jace Fry shakes off the first sign, now agrees with Grandal and the pitch on the way. Strike one on a cut fastball, 88 miles an hour, inside portion of the plate. He resets, he toes the rubber, the pitch. Swung on and down the line, almost took the head off the umpire. And then one hopped it over to the ball boy. 0-2 the count in the pitch. And that one's high, ball one, one and two to Franco. 
Fry trying to finish off the top of the eighth. That one is swung on low and down the first base line, and they'll reset. Trying to limit any other damage that can be done by the Royals' bats and give his team a chance, a fighting chance, because they still have six outs left, and there's no time limit in baseball. Two and two the count. The pitch on the way. Inside high, ball three, full count to Franco. And Brett, there's no way he's getting a second hit in this game. Phillips stands on the on-deck circle. The pitch on the way. And it's swung on and fouled down the first baseline. They'll reset for Jace Fry's 18th pitch of the inning. Swung on and missed. He swung over a low changeup in the zone. Fry goes through the Royals lineup. Has a nice inning. We go to the bottom of the eighth. Let's get some runs. And coming out onto the on-deck circle, getting ready to lead off. Hitting for Danny Mendick to lead off the eighth inning. The darling of spring training, Yerman Mercedes, with a pinch-hitting opportunity against Jake Junis, who comes out to start the bottom of the eighth and throws his 97th pitch of the game here for strike one on the lower outside portion of the strike zone. Mercedes, he, he was a darling. A media darling in spring training. Forced his way onto the roster as a 26-man. And will get his first at bat right now. And he's 1-1. One and one. So Ricky's going to let his guys get that feeling here. And maybe, just maybe, they crawl back into this game. They're only down four. They got six outs to go. The pitch on the way. That one's in the dirt. Rolls to the backstop. 2-1 and one the count to Mercedes. Junis pitches his 100th pitch. And that is a ball. Three and one the count. The funny thing here is that I think if Mercedes got on with a walk, Adam Ingle would come in and run for him because the man cannot run. The pitch. Swung on and belted in the left, and that will fall in for a single. Yerman Mercedes solves Jacob Junis with a hit there. And that is his first major league hit. Congratulations to that young man. And he's going to come out of the game now. They're going to get the ball. They're going to go put it in the dugout. Good for him. There's a souvenir for him. We've had two first hits of their career between Robert and Mercedes this weekend. And he dropped that one right in front of the left fielder. And that'll be it for Jacob Junis. The way he's been cruising, who would have thought that a pinch hitter in the ninth spot would chase him after he only faced one batter with a 4-0 lead? But the Royals are not going to give the White Sox a chance to climb back in this game without going out to the bullpen. And Kevin McCarthy will come in, who pitched a 1-2-3 inning already in this series in relief. And also, as expected, Adam Engel will come in, and he will run at first base. Throw over. I don't think he's going here. And the main reason why I don't think he's going here is you're down by four. He's really on there to score, when in other instances, another runner might not score. If it was a one-run game then yeah, I would, ex- I would expect McCarthy to throw over there three, four times. But he's already thrown over there once now, and he keeps looking at him as he's 1-0 to Tim Anderson. And if that distracts the relief pitcher enough, that it gives T.A. any more of an advantage than he already has, then you gotta, you got to go for it. And just putting Engel there seems to have done that. As that one's low and outside, 2-0. White Sox would like to threaten here, put some pressure on, and get some runs. This game is not over. you got speed on first. No outs. Bob of the eighth trailing by four. And a 2-0 count to T.A. Inside ball three. And that's the thing. Yes, June has had over 100 pitches. And yes, he gives up a hit right away to a rookie. But let's not forget that rookie was red hot. And let's not forget that Junis has gotten out of innings after he gives up a single. When you go to the bullpen, you may get a guy who's having an off day. 
three straight balls from McCarthy to Anderson, and he keeps looking over at Engel. And T.A. stands in. The pitch. Swung on and hit into the left center gap. They're on their horse. It's going to go off the wall. Engel is on his way into third. Anderson on his way into second. The ball comes in quickly, so Engel has to stop and head back to third base. And the White Sox are in business. T.A. with a double off the left center field wall. Second and third for Yuan Moncada with no outs. And I know he's been struggling, but the question here is, do you sit him down for somebody else? And Ricky Renteria looks at me and says, are you crazy? That's Yuan Moncada. He's going to bat. The pitch on the way. He chops this one to short. Tough play. It'll be a throw over to first for the out. The runner will score. So it's 4-1 to one with one out and Anderson on second base. He swung at the first pitch. You would have liked to have seen him make McCarthy work because McCarthy had been having trouble finding the plate. And when he finally did, Anderson had made him pay. But you got a runner on second base and Tim Anderson. And you got Jose Abreu up there right now with one out, staring out at Kevin McCarthy. And let's see what he can do. And that is inside, ball one. The pitch to Abreu. Inside, ball two. Again, this is why Yohan Mancata probably should have taken a pitch and seen what McCarthy had before he swung at the first thing. He does not look comfortable up there. And he's one of your best players. That's ground to the second base sharply and bobbled. He picks it up and throws the first anyway. Beats the tag. He's safe. Anderson into third. An error at second base. And he picked it up after he bobbled it, but it was enough for Jose Abreu to beat it by a half a step. And the tying run will come to the plate here with first and third and one out in the person of Aloy Jimenez as Alex Colome and Aaron Bummer start warming in the bullpen in case the White Sox can tack on some runs right here. The pitch to Jimenez, low and inside, ball one. This man has hit three home runs in the first two games of this series. If he could hit a home run here, he would tie the game and be off to the greatest start he could have imagined in his life to the 2020 season. As this one is chopped to third, it might be a double play to second to first. Jimenez grounds in to the 5-4-3 double play on the third pitch of his at-bat. And the inning's over. White Sox make some changes now to start off the top of the ninth inning after Aloy Jimenez is unable to capitalize on some gaffes. Let's be honest, by the Royals. They gave the White Sox an opportunity there in the bottom of the eighth inning. And the Sox were unable to come through. And that's not going to happen all the time. You're, you're never going to come through all the time. But you could feel it up here watching this game. And the fans could feel it. The Sox felt like they had an opportunity there to ruin the Royals' day. Aaron Bummer's on the mound. He's got two strikes immediately to Brett Phillips. 0-2 the count. The Sox still have a chance. Still have the bomb in the ninth. He did score a run. Leary Garcia stands at second base now. Adam Engel moves out to right. So Garcia goes in in Nomar Mazara's spot in the order, batting seventh in front of Luis Robert. And Adam Engel stays in the game in the ninth spot. But trust me, if they get to him, they're going to be tied up or have the lead. As that is a strikeout, and we've got one gone. The very next pitch... He's flared in the right, angle on his horse, tracks it down, throws it into second, run around first with one out. Alex Gordon comes to the plate as Bummer with the pitch. Want to know the count. Aaron Bummer will get a day off tomorrow because he has worked in this opening series. And I don't think that Bummer would have been the choice 
as this is a pass ball, it rolls back to the wall. Rondell scoops it up, and the runner moves up 90 feet to second base. They're going to actually rule that a wild pitch, although I felt like that was a ball that Grandal could have caught. I'm going to look at the replay right here. It was in the dirt, but it did hit Grandal directly in the glove before it popped up over his head. But since it hit the dirt first, they're going to go with the wild pitch ruling. 2-0 the count. Bummer to Gordon with Mondesi on second. The sack's down by three, and this one is drilled down the first base line. Foul. 2-1 the count. Bummer's worked this weekend, but he's come in handy. He's a big part of that bullpen, giving the White Sox the win on both Thursday and on Saturday. The pitch on the way. Strike two, full count to Alex Gordon. He made him look silly on that one, throwing it across his body and outside, and he chased. Pitch on the way, inside, fouled back, hits the umpire in the knee. That's got a smart. Get through an entire series, get through an entire game, and that's when you get hit in the ninth inning. Pitch on the way. That one is fouled off the chest protector of Grandal, and we'll reset. 3-2 count. Bummer with the pitch. The runner going from second to third. It is fouled off, so that attempted steal of third base has to reset. Bummer had not looked at Mondesi, and he realized the pitcher wasn't paying attention to him. The next pitch is grounded to Tim Anderson. He looks Mondesi back to second, throws over to first for the second out, and the White Sox are one out away from going into the bottom of the ninth, down by three, and looking for a comeback that they could not complete in the eighth inning. As the pitch is on the way to Whit Merrifield, who's one for four today, and that is a strike on the inside corner. So yes, Aaron Bummer has done some work today, but he will be likely taking a break tomorrow. And I don't think he would have seen action here, but I think Ricky Renteria saw everything going on in the eighth inning and thought, I'm going to have a tie game or a lead to protect. And I want all my options available as Bummer sends him down on three straight pitches with a strikeout swinging. We go to the bottom of the ninth. We need three runs. Rondal and Carnacion Garcia scheduled to hit. Tim Hill comes in to close out the game for the Royals, and he will get Yasmani Grandal first. Grandal, another guy, is probably getting a break tomorrow. He's had three straight days behind the plate. Well, he did have the off day on Friday, but it's early in the season, and you want to keep your guys fresh, and James McCann has yet to pick up a bat or grab a glove. And the man was an all-star last year. As he's quickly 0-1, Tim Hill, a submariner, and the White Sox have never fared well with submariners. Throws another strike, 0-2. Hanging his left arm, he's a lefty, his throwing arm down to his shoelaces as he sets and blows one by Grandal, and he's out on three straight pitches, and there's one out in the top of the ninth inning. Jake Junis had nine strikeouts, gave up one earned run, officially with seven complete innings, although he went out there for the eighth and gave up the first career hit of Yerman Mercedes. And here's Edwin Encarnacion. Let's see what he does against a left-handed submariner. That is a strike slider, low middle part of the strike zone for strike one. Hill holds the the throwing hand right above his shoelaces off the ground. Then he'll set, and he'll go quick with a little leg kick, and he submarines down to his knees as he flips that pitch back up and it's fouled off. 0-2 to count to Encarnacion. The next pitch is fouled. No, it's fair. That's going to drift back and be fair and down for a hit in right field for a single. And that's going to fall in. It would have been an easy out, but there was a shift on. They had everybody pulled over towards left field. And when that ball started, it was on the line and drifted back over and just lazily dropped in the right field. So Encarnacion is on first base. 
Leary Garcia comes up to bat. And we'll see what little Leary can do. As that is swung on and belted down the right field line. If it's fair, oh. If it was fair, that was a double. Maybe even a triple. That was going to rattle around and the right fielder was nowhere near it. And it did not get down. This one is to the inside of third base. Fielded before it goes foul on the ground ball. Encarnacion is caught by a hair at second base in the fielder's choice. Garcia is safe at first. They are unable to turn it all the way around the horn, but there are two outs. And Luis Robert comes up, and he is the White Sox' last hope with one on, down by three, here in the bottom of the ninth. It's been a great series. Sox in the basement is going to continue to bring you these games according to the way they should have been played and would have been played as long as we need to, and hopefully it won't be for too long. And you can get them all on demand if you miss one at SoxInTheBasement.com or anywhere podcasts can be found. Broken bat over the head of the pitcher Hill. He fields the ball cleanly and gets Robert by a hair, and this ball game is over. The Kansas City Royals defeat the Chicago White Sox in Game 3 of the season and the series 4-1. to one. The winning pitcher is Jake Junis. The losing pitcher, Dylan Cease, who, while he had a few innings that were good, he had a few innings that were definitely not so good, and that young man has to work a little bit harder on getting the ball across the plate and not working so deep in the counts because he wore himself out early. The Sox take two out of three from the Kansas City Royals on opening weekend, and they will head to Cleveland. And they should not have their heads down as low as they seem to be right now in that dugout. I think they feel like they had a chance there in the eighth inning, and it just slipped through their fingers. But you can't blame Aloy Jimenez because the man has been nothing but fireworks all weekend long. And the one time he didn't come through, that is not on him. And that young man should keep his head up. Player of the game, Jacob Junis, seven innings pitched, five hits, nine strikeouts, one earned run, one walk. For the White Sox, the guys that did their best out there for them was Tim Anderson, two for four with two doubles. Jose Abreu, two for four. Juan Mancada, though, went 0 for four again, but had an RBI. And Luis Robert, one for four with two strikeouts. Those are the notables. And if those are the notables... I mean, really, it was Anderson and Abreu that are notable. Everything else after that, man, you're stretching trying to find notables in this one. But that's why you play 162 games. The White Sox still have a winning record at 2-1. We will see you in Cleveland tomorrow as Sox in the Basement presents a simulated season. Check out the recap, SoxOn35th.com, and go to SoxInTheBasement.com and catch up on some good podcasts and some great guests. James Fox is going to be on the show tomorrow, and Don Paul later on in the week. For my partner Dave and all those that help us over here at Sacks in the Basement, my name is Chris Lanuti. Have a nice Sunday. We will see you tomorrow. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on socksinthebasement.com.